Are you sitting comfortably? Are you sitting comfortably? <laughs> Where did you come up with this? It's from an old children's television program. It was like a story time. How do you keep getting this stuff? I just try to come up with interesting, funny things to say that just take a few seconds, and then I put them at the beginning of my show, and people really like it. Why? Because you guys are cute. She doesn't. They don't even see you. There you know. Hello and welcome, GC. I'm Todd Lyons, and you're listening to Toddcast Season 2, Episode 5, a show for and about public servants. Now, I know usually at this point in the show I take a few minutes, or ten, to say what's on my mind, but I'll be honest with you. I haven't had much time to think these last few weeks. I've just changed jobs. I'm sure you can relate. There were things to tie up at my old job, and then hardly time for a breath before leaping into the new one. And it's great to be back in a role where I'm learning, while also having the chance to dust off old skills that I haven't used in a long time. But a lot of things have fallen by the wayside, including making enough time for the show. So, there's no monologue. And I hope you'll excuse me, but I'm actually double booked this week. I do have a great guest for this episode but I also have an appointment to keep with a friend first. You may or may not have heard of the GCpedia 1K Club Awards, also known as the NOMI Awards. It's a project I started back in 2010 to recognize public servants on GCpedia. A NOMI is a little statuette that I give away as part of my role as a volunteer administrator to offer my thanks to the gnomes and gardeners who are toiling regularly to make our wiki bloom through the creation of their projects, or by providing assistance to others in their work. Anyone who's accumulated a thousand edits on the wiki is eligible, and self-nominations are encouraged. Just search for 1K or Nomi on GCpedia to find the awards page. So, just just for the record, mm-hmm. would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Joyce Silver. I was with the Blueprint 2020 National Secretariat, which is how I'm here today. That's a one-year gig, right? It was actually 18 months, so a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as of Monday, I'm with the Treasury Board Secretariat. Ah. People may ask me what I've been, what I do there, and my truthful answer right now is that I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> It's a good gig. Which yeah. which which part of TBS? So I'm in program sector working uh, in the social cultural side of things mm-hmm. um, on I, primarily INAC, but my team does INAC health and VAC files. Yeah. So I have a lot to learn. But if you're like me and like a lot of people that I know, that's the space that you like to be in. It is. It's boring, I guess, when you've got to the point where you can do your job in your sleep because it's just, yeah. you know, I, I I made it up the hill and now it's plateau. Mm-hmm. So now you're back at the, the learning at stage. At the very bottom. And it's funny because my last job uh, that I was in before I joined Blueprint 2020 was um, the Office of Green and Government Operations. And so... Very different scale of initiative, but very similar in that it's across government. So we had a lot of partners that we work with with across government, but um, it's not obligatory. So there was a lot of sort of encouraging partnerships and getting and asking very nicely to have people do things, which is a lot of what Blueprint was. 
uh, is, is partnerships and asking people very nicely to do things. And then we end up with fairs like today, which wouldn't have been possible without sort of all the help of other people. Mm. Uh, and I feel like this job is not going to be so much of asking people nicely to do things. <laughs> There's going to be some other, uh, I mean, obviously relationships will be important in this in this job, but it's, it's a, a process, uh, that people are obliged to do in a certain way. Uh, so I think there'll be some different skills, but it also will just be a, it's been a while since I've really been into policy uh, in a real way. And so this will be a chance to do that again. You must be brilliant at interviews. I I came into the public service uh, as a student. I bridged in. I have mm-hmm. never in eight years ever won a competition anywhere. I, I always laterally sort of deploy to another position. So the competition it, for Blueprint is the only competition I've won. This was a deployment. Okay. Uh, and I got bridged in from a co-op position. So I also don't know that I do all that well in interviews. <laughs> or at least not government like the mandated, you have to say these certain words yes. in order to pass kind I'm of thing. I'm so awful at that. I know. I want to say my own words. Why can't I, why can't I say, it, say it in my own words? Actually, I would say that the free agent process that I just went through to get into Aaron can which mm-hmm. which I guess technically is also a deployment. Yes. But that is the first time that I've ever heard from an interviewer how that is the best answer that I've heard all day from anyone. Yeah, but that's because in the government, the interviewers can't say that. Yes. I mean, even if they're thinking that, they can't say it, which I think is, is it's just such an artificial sort of situation to have someone ask you these questions and not get any feedback, not like, not even looking at at your face most of the time because they're taking notes. Yeah. No, it's, it's really, it's, it's very odd, but congratulations on your position. Anarchan. you must be really excited. I am. I'm, I'm excited and a little bit scared because, Why scared? well, because there are some people that have approached Anarchan interested in the free agents and mm-hmm. have given us some proposals, but also quite a bit of it also lies on us to sort of come up with a gig. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, I've read everything that's come in and some of it looks interesting, but the more, unsure the more tentative the more we're in the very beginning stages of this project and we're still kind of figuring out what mm-hmm. it is and where it's going to go it is the more i love that kind of project so mm-hmm. uh i'm looking for things where, where that are as innovative as possible because they're still in the very feeling out early stages and that gives you a chance to to have an impact on how it turns out so yes. you're not coming into something that's already baked and you're just like oh i have to move paper a to pile b and that's my job. You and have I, to figure out what paper A is and exactly. whether you need pile B. <laughs> and I'm not saying that there's not a room. There's not room for innovation in something that's pre-existing, and they're they're looking for someone to bring in to bring in a fresh perspective and look at things differently. That could be an ideal situation for someone that just wants to shake up some people that are mm-hmm. they're a bit complacent because they've just done things that way for a while. But I'm a very fly by the seat of your pants mm-hmm. sort of guy. So I'm I'm I don't public know. service needs more people like yeah. that. <laughs> I'm I'm holding out. So so we'll see what happens. It's interesting. So I obviously know Abe Greenspoon, who's doing the, the free agents mm-hmm. work over at Enercan quite well, because he used to work with Secretariat. And so we've talked quite a bit about this project. Um, and even before he was working at Enercan, we talked about it because Lauren Hunter was talking about it. And it's interesting. I, th- I thought I thought about applying and I didn't, uh, in part because of the fact that you have to sort of drum up your own business. Uh, and and I like being uncomfortable and I like new challenges, but the idea of that made me just a little bit too uncomfortable. Really? Uh, and I think that's something that a lot of public servants feel because we're in this work, in this workspace where you don't have to. I mean, jobs, you can have a job for life and do the same job forever if you want to, for the most part, as long as you're not totally incompetent. Um, but you apply for competitions and it's the artificial process, but like you don't have to really go out and sell yourself in the same way that I think you would in the private sector. And I think it's a skill a lot of public servants are missing. 
but you're out there. You're you're collaborative. You're on Twitter. Yeah, you, you but manage that's to, different than you manage to get work. a job that you don't even understand what it is that you're doing. <laughs> so obviously, you're very good at selling yourself. Uh, you convinced well, them. I had other people selling me in that in in that situation, which okay. also helps. But no, it, it is. I even though that's the honest truth, because I think it sounds like a really interesting, a really really interesting project, but. It's really intimidating thinking that you have to go out and find work for yourself every six months to a year. And the, but the reality is it's like contract workers. That's what they do every day. I, uh, I, I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't scared. But no. I think a lot of what I'm doing, and especially recently, is, is pushing myself more into my scared zone because yeah. I just think it's good for personal growth. Oh, absolutely. I, I 100% advocate for being in your scared zone because that's when you learn and grow. Um, and certainly I feel a little bit like I'm in my scared zone right now in this job. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like trying trying to to find that right balance of like scared, but I'm going to learn something yes. and not so terrified that you're paralyzed by what it is that you're doing. Um, although that probably I probably you know I probably wouldn't have turned out quite that badly if I'd been in that situation. But there's there is a balance to find that you you want to take on new challenges, but you also don't want to it doesn't you don't want it to become a disaster. <laughs> Last year when we all sat down at a Starbucks to talk about maybe doing this podcast mm. thing it seemed it seemed a little scary to me at the time yeah. because i really wanted to go into certain areas that that seemed edgy and potentially career ending but at the same time i was very unhappy sort of with the amount of creativity that i had sort of at my fingertips and i really wanted to jump in and do something and the cascading effect of that has been that people they listen to me do this podcast and they assume this guy no matter how many times <laughs> i say that i'm an introvert on the podcast, they 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 miss all that, and they just mm. see this guy that that seems to really love to do media production, and then <laughs> you know, let's get him to do an interview process, and let's get him to host a, an armchair discussion, and let's make him be in a human library, and we'll put him on Blueprint Twenty Twenty TV, and not realize that he is scared out of his mind. Well, but I, it's I'm glad that all those things happen because I, think, I need to be shoved in that direction. Absolutely, and I think it's a testament of what can happen when you push yourself sort of out of your comfort zone and you start talking to other people and you know you you create you can create your own opportunities even if it's not a specifically a job opportunity but opportunities to do things that you love um and i mean, this is a shameless plug for blueprint 2020 no no I, go 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 there <laughs> i do think that uh i think that's what blueprint 2020 does for the public service is it gives people license to say i really want to do this thing that i think would be really helpful and to just go out and do it and talk about things that might be career ending, but probably aren't actually career ending at this point because it's a, it's a new day for the public service as it, quite frankly, as it should be. Um, so I came to the public service from Carleton. I did my MPA there and I, it was very much a choice. I wanted to be a public servant. Both my parents are public servants back in Nova Scotia. Uh, I wanted to serve Canadians and I still want to do that. And I still think that I'm going to be in the public service forever and ever and ever. Um, but certainly some of the, the shine has come off of being in the public service since being here, just because it is not all the things that people sort of stereotype it as, but it, it can be inflexible sometimes. It can be the jo job processes, job interviews are a perfect example oh, of yes. how, how it goes wrong. Not only the interviews, but how long it often takes to get staffed. I mean, in what other situation, what private sector situation could someone wait for six months or eight months to find out whether they got a job like that? Just it just wouldn't be feasible. No. Um, and so I, 
I, I mean, blueprints needed and it's, it's why I've been so happy to work there for the last 18 months is because I want to work in the public sector for the next 30 years of my life. And if I'm going to do that, it's got to be a good place to work, not just important work to do, but actually a good work culture to come to every day. Uh, and so I think I, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything more important that I could have worked on in the last 18 months. Well, even though you didn't apply for the free agents program, which I think is a mistake. Yeah. Maybe. Actually, they're doing further things along the same lines, I think, and I really wish that I'd consulted DCPD to look this up, something called Innovation Architects. So there are more future opportunities for people that have that edge that they want to sort of push the envelope and do Mm -hmm. things differently. And do not talk yourself out of that or any (laughs) other future opportunities. Okay. Because... And I, and I'm not trying to talk you out of no, out of your gig at TBS, but of not. just keep. I can't quit three days. <laughs> no, well you could, but maybe. Uh, I don't want to though. I and I do think that there's if blueprint if blueprint if if modernization in the government of culture change is real, then it can't just be the free agents or the blueprinters mm. or like it, it's it's got to be someone who is on the phone for Service Canada every day. It's got to be someone sitting at a desk at TBS that's reviewing TB submissions. It's it's got to be everyone. Um, And so I I certainly don't think that just because I've left the secretary and I'm abandoning all hope for for modernization (laughs) in my my current position, I I see it as my job to sort of proselytize the the broader narrative uh, within the group, within the group that I am in now. Uh, Because certainly, well, there wasn't, there's, uh, they're probably not quite as in touch with the process as, as I am, as a lot of the people I've been in contact with in the last 18 months. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm out of the blueprint bubble at this point. <laughs> so what else is on your mind today? Do you have any good stories about your experiences <laughs> that you can, so how many years have you worked for the public service? So, so far? I have now worked for the public service for about six years, just okay. under six years. So in six years, some interesting things must have happened. Yeah, some interesting things have happened. I mean, so the first first time that I really felt like I understood or like got the satisfaction of of I had made the decision to come serve Canadians um, was I so I used to work for the Office of Green Government Operations. We mm. do green procurement, green buildings, green meetings. I used to, my, one of my files used to be electronic waste. And so I made a recommendation. There is an OECD report related to greening government stuff. Greening government is, is, is quite big in the U S but also in European governments are doing a lot of it too. Um, and so TBS in fact was collecting comments on an OECD OECD document and they were going to send them off to OECD. And when that document was published, one of the comments I made, like one of the changes I suggested actually showed up in that document. And I don't know, could very well be that other people had made the same suggestion because I don't think it was terribly inventive, but it was still really satisfying to see like Take the credit. Yeah. I influenced this major international organization, me from my little desk in Ottawa, you know, had a, made a difference in a publication that people all, all over the governments all over the world are going to be looking at. That was a pretty special moment. And it's still, I still think it's a special moment. Yeah. But I mean, Blueprint, obviously, so has been a very interesting 18 months. Last year, I was in charge of the first innovation fair. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that probably is my proudest public service moment. Because it started out as a concept that honestly, I thought of one morning while I was in the shower. I was like, so our deputy wants us to have a fair, which would be some kiosks, but I don't think that people are going to come just for kiosks. They don't understand what the concept is. And I was like, why don't we do this and this and this? And and then I went into work that morning and there happened to be a fire alarm at work. 
Uh, and so me and my colleagues were sitting around in a cafe waiting to be let back into the building. Uh, and I said, what do you guys think of if we do these things? And everyone was on board. But at the time, I don't think we realized how much work I just committed us all to. Because <laughs> it was a lot of work. But and, and, and unlike this year, people didn't know, didn't understand what the concept was, didn't know what it was going to be like. And so I remember the day before the fair, lying in bed thinking, this could be really amazing or it could be really terrible and no one's going to show up. And I have no idea how to tell right now. Thankfully, thousands of people showed up, both in person and virtually. Um, and it was an amazing day and it just, it was phenomenal. And so I, uh, this is a little bit, I feel like one of the legacies that I've left behind for Blueprint, which I'm really, really proud of. But I also, in the same breath that I say that, need to, to recognize that it, it may have been sort of my idea on the, the, the concept may have come from my mind, but it would never have happened if it hadn't been for hundreds of people, literally literally hundreds of people from across the government volunteering all sorts of time. And that makes it all the more special to me that it wasn't just that, oh, I had this idea and I put it down on paper, that people actually sort of rallied around and, and volunteered their time and supported the idea. Um, and it just is a testament to what can happen in the government if you have an idea and people are willing to support it. You're a good leader and you're a good innovator. Thank you. And it just makes it all the more kind of humorous to me that you don't consider yourself someone that could have sold yourself as an innovator <laughs> to other departments saying, well, I kind of thought of this thing called the innovation fair. You may have heard of it. <laughs> I think, I think my thing is that I feel like, I feel like good work should sell itself. And so I struggle with the idea of going out. I mean, like in an interview in, in sort of artificial situations where I know that I'm supposed to say all these wonderful things about myself, I can do that. But I ultimately feel like my work should speak for itself. And if I don't have, if I'm not in a situation where people know, necessarily know of my work, then I have a more difficult time uh, saying, well, I did this or I did this. And, you know, like this went really well. I didn't know that you were the first one to come up with the idea and that you. Well, okay. So the fair was Louise Livonian's idea. Okay. It was all of the other pieces that I sort of. Uh, added in okay. and made a, made a bunch of work for people. So certainly, I like I can't I I don't want to take full credit by any stretch of the imagination. You flushed it out like, a lot. You gave it bones. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's not nothing. That's that's significant. <laughs> I well, I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of my team. I'm proud of the people I've worked with. I'm proud of the public service for having had it happen. And I am so so. My colleague Rochelle Claro is the person that has taken over for the second innovation fair, and I am. So unbelievably proud of the work that she's done. She's made the first innovation fair look Bush League. Like this is amazing <laughs> compared to what we had last year. And last year was great. And that is no sort of knock on what happened last year. But this is just, you know, a thousandfold better and bigger and brighter. And it makes me so, so happy for her and so happy for everyone that's worked on it and really excited for the public service. It does look good, but it's, it is harder to be the first at something. <laughs> Even if you have one other thing that you can look at and say, this is the starting point from where we're going to go this year. Yeah. But if it was good enough to inspire the, the, uh, the turnout, the, the number of people coming out to mm-hmm. speak and contribute, you, you must have done a wonderful job. And, Thank you. and it's good that you share credit with these hundreds of people that made it all possible last year. They will want to work with you again, Thanks. knowing that you're not hogging everything. To no, yourself. I could never, I could, cause it would, if it was just me on my own, I would have been, it would have been a disaster because how, and there's no way there. And I, it was in, in part because the people at the secretariat that I work with are such good people. So I'm like, you go do networking, you go do uh, logistics, you go do tech. And I knew that those people were just going to get it done. And I didn't, I mean, like, 
you know, get reports back every once in a while. So I have an idea of what's happening, but I never worried that it wasn't going to get, get done. There's no way, there's no way that it could have happened if I hadn't haven't didn't have competent colleagues that I I more than competent more than competent like amazing colleagues that I could rely on so uh but no it really like even so this year my involvement has really been around the human library uh and workshops and the human library has been a really really cool experience because there are such neat people here I have you to blame for me being here <laughs> yes you I do. was sort of angry at at, at uh... <laughs> Anyway, I, I didn't know who to direct my – actually, I'm not angry at all. It's just I'm surprised. It's like this is one of the things that, that's, yes, making me come out of my comfort zone and, and get out of my studio. I love listening to Toddcast. Uh, in part because you just have such a smooth, silky voice. It is very relaxing. You could be saying anything. <laughs> it would be fine. <laughs> but it's also, it's good. It's a good way to connect public servants and, and, uh, and connect make sure that everyone knows. Everyone's a real person and everyone's – got their stories some sometimes it's work that you're struggling with sometimes it's something personal home life whatever and I think that you know often when I'm, I someone has been short with me at some point my first reaction I try and I'm a human too so it doesn't always work but I try to remember that person like there's probably something going on that's making them mad and it and maybe it's me maybe I did mess up somehow and in that case I have to own up to it but if it's not me then I just have to you know try to remember that everyone's going through something and that it, it's not me and and just respect whatever it is that they're going through and I think that's the best everyone's trying to do the best that they can for the most part and you need to remember that and public servants are just humans and we all have our own our own things happening so and it seems like something is very simple and basic but it's something that but I don't think not. that we think about which no. was the whole impetus of the show is that yeah. we are we're people and and we have a wider context outside of the nine to five in our roles here in the public service and mm. So let's have some conversations about things that Absolutely. that we're doing well, things that we can celebrate, but also things that are concerning, things that the clerk is talking about, things that are identified in the public service employee mm-hmm. survey. And and most excitedly, people that listen to the show and get excited and inspired by it and decide that they want to write me and say, I know this person that you should talk to yes. who's great, and she does this and this, yes. and she she yeah. would be a perfect person to be on the show. And with 200,000 public servants, there's 200,000 yes, stories to tell. No lack of, of, no, of inspirational, not. topical stuff. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. No, I, uh, I think, it's, I think what, you've, what you have done has been amazing. I think that I am particular. I'm happy both with your um, podcast on mental health, but then the, the, I think one of the things that the government is maybe not doing, or not the government, the public service, maybe not doing well, but is starting to move towards is a focus on mental health and, and well-being because it's not something that gets a lot of, it's not really well understood. I think it's still relatively taboo. And I think that if you're spending eight hours a day at work, that both your mental health, whether it's because of work or not, is going to impact, impact what you're doing. But what you're doing is also going to impact your mental health. And you can't, I mean, that whole idea of don't bring your problems to work is oh. just, it's ridiculous. I, I don't know why people think that's possible. It affects what's going on. You can't ever get away from your head. So what's going on in your head is going to affect you no matter where you are. Everyone at some level should be able to identify with a day where they woke up and they thought, my goal today is just to make it through mm-hmm. today and not lose my job and, 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 and do an acceptable job. Absolutely. And if you're in a situation in your life where you've suffered a lot of tragedy or grief or, or you're going through mm-hmm. some mental illness, it's more than just the one day. Absolutely. It doesn't make you a weak person. No. Um, Asking for help is a sign of strength. It is. It is. And while we're on the the subject of my show, this is another thing (laughs) that 
I'm uncomfortable, I guess, in the role of, of, of being, okay, how do I say this? I'm the host and it's named after me in a joking sort of way, but it's just because an idea started with me and I had the, the background in radio and social work and sort of technical knowledge mm-hmm. to produce it. But it's not possible without all the people that I've sat around tables with and sat in their cubicles and, and picked their brain for ideas and looked to them for encouragement that, that, that made it possible and, and that makes it possible going forward, starting with that, that meeting yeah. at a Starbucks where we're talking theoretically about doing... Uh, <laughs> so if I were to do this, yeah. who would I need to get approvals from? Do I need approvals? Should I need approvals? <laughs> I'm getting better at, at, at uh, keeping lists yeah. Uh, of all the people that have helped me within the, the you know the past calendar month and catching up on all the people that helped me previously to try mm-hmm. to provide adequate thanks in the outro credits of the show but mm-hmm. um i'm i'm still working on that i need yeah i hope it's meaningful for people to to, to have their name mentioned because so. yeah when when you give me your ideas when you give me feedback it 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 means something to me. I it, this is the fuel that keeps Toddcast going is just people being engaged in it and getting meaning out of it, but then coming back to me with with more fuel from the front end so that we have more subjects to talk about. All two hundred thousand of you, <laughs> please. It's a, two, it's a two-way conversation. Send me an email. Yes. It's not. It's not just you talking into to dead space. It's a two-way conversation, and that's the way it should be. <laughs> My fear with the first episode is it sort of felt that way. I was. Just waiting for the crickets. That was my fear with the fair, too. I was like, I'm going to do all this work, and then no one's going to show yes. up. <laughs> Thankfully, that wasn't the case for either of us. I really wish for everyone that there was an environment that sort of just embraced people taking calculated risks and and not just celebrating things like Toddcast and the Innovation Fair, which, which were very successful mm-hmm. and have gone on to become more so. But I wish there was just some forgiveness for people for having the courage to actually try something that's innovative and that doesn't work out. I think that's one of the things that the government, public service, I keep on saying government and I mean public service, and yeah. that's something that's been drilled into my head in the last 18 months. Uh, so that's one of the things that the public service doesn't do particularly well at this point. I'm getting slow steps seem to be like some, some getting better. And I think there's um, a variety of reasons why some warranted, some less so. I mean, nothing is really warranted and there's always something you learn from failure. But we do have a unique situation in that we're, you know, we have the public purse and so that, that, is a lot of responsibility. We have politicians that need to answer to, unfortunately, a 24-hour media news cycle. When if it's a slow day, then, you know, like something that would not necessarily deserve to be blown up can mm. be blown up into something much bigger. Um, but it's something that we need to do better. And I think there's a real attitude in the government and public service that we've did it once, it didn't work, so we're never going to do it again. And I, I just, that's like, where else in life would you ever say this didn't work the first time I did it so I'm never going to try it again you wouldn't know how to walk you wouldn't be able to ride a bike like you know any 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 of the skills that you have you were not successful or maybe you were only a little bit successful but you know it was after repeated attempts of saying okay I did it it didn't work for these reasons what can I do differently next time and I think so it's not just celebrating failures but saying that okay just because it failed once doesn't mean it's going to fail again or doesn't mean that it's not a good idea and we shouldn't try to do it again we just need to identify why it failed the first time um and that's why i think celebrating failures is really important because there are things that are happening in in various departments then they've tried it and it didn't work and another department is about to try it and they need to learn from that first department why it didn't work and so we need to there needs to be conversations and people don't want to talk about things that didn't go well and that's just it's something we need to do better at i agree 
Thanks for coming in. It's been a good conversation. It's been a very good conversation. And just for the record, I wanted to do this. It's not that there's like no one to talk to you. I, I asked to talk to okay. you. For one millisecond, there was, this is pity, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's No not. one's come in to speak to this man. No. I feel so bad for him. No, I asked. I okay. asked if I could take the, the 20 minutes and have a conversation with you. All right. So it was fun. Thanks. I enjoyed it. Good. You've been listening to Toddcast Season 2, Episode 5. Associate Producers, Emily King and Ioana Finicchio. Special thanks to Mary Beth Baker, Teresa Dauphiné, Sierra Duffy, Vicky Fleury, Scott Harris, Jody LeBlanc, Annie LeBlonde, Darlene Marion, Joy Moscovich, Stephanie Moulton, Catherine Parker, Aaron Percival, Mathieu Saint-Ange, Joyce Silver, Colleen Tiernan, Adam Fritz for their support and contributions to the Toddcast community. All opinions expressed on Toddcast are strictly those of the individual and are not necessarily those of their employer. If you'd like to write and produce segments, know someone inspiring who should be on the show, or are someone with a personal story to tell, email me at todd at toddlines.ca. You'll get credit on the program, of course, but more importantly, you'll get meaningful content out to the public service of Canada. People who need to be reminded how essential they are. If you've got a comment, a suggestion, or a question, you can also visit the Toddcast group on GC Connects. Episodes are always available on the open web at toddlines.ca. Toddcast is planned, written, and technically produced using open source software, Canboard, DocuWiki, and Audacity running on Kubuntu Linux and Linux Mint KDE edition. This episode's theme music was Go by Josh Woodward. The segment music was Three Minutes to Escape by The Wavers. Both are licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License. Toddcast content is free to use and share under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike License. See you next time.